Hey, no small listeners, it's Daniel. So we recorded this episode months ago, uh, and we were ready to fall into a rhythm of Enneagram episodes every five weeks. And then reality took some unexpected turns. Uh, so we've been sitting on this episode all summer, and now it's here, and I want to catch you up on some stuff that's happened in the meantime and what's to come. We've been really active on our Instagram account at no small Enneagram. In the style of less certain, more curious, we are coming into the public Enneagram community with critiques of widespread ideas that have flaws in their reasoning or evidence, and we're inviting y'all to consider some other perspectives and concepts about the Enneagram. We post original memes that break down aspects of the Enneagram, and people are actually asking really fruitful questions in the comments. So, I mean, of course I'm plugging my own thing, but if you're into the Enneagram, I highly suggest you check us out. What I'm most excited about is our ongoing type structure project. We have dedicated our real feed to constructing an understanding of type structure from the ground up. Um, we started with what type structure even is and the laws of the Enneagram symbol itself, which, as a side note, we learned that only 5% of people are being taught about the Enneagram's laws, like the, the fundamental basics of the Enneagram. So if that's you, if, if you never learned that, no shame. Um, check it out and share our stuff with your fellow Ennea nerds. Um, yeah, but from there, uh, we're going to explore essence, how personality replaces essence with passion, how passion gets invested in our instincts, and then how our personality type develops as a mechanism to accomplish our instinctual passion. And if that all sounded too technical to understand, don't worry. We've got a reel kind of summing it up, and we're going to break it down into tiny bite-sized reels as we go with visuals to make it super accessible. Um, this reel series is going to give you context to understand why our approach to the Enneagram sounds so different, um, if you haven't been along for the journey. Um, and it'll help you understand the Enneagram so much more accurately than ever before. So if you're someone who likes to have the whole picture, this is for you. Um, looking forward, we've got some really fun and interesting episodes in mind. There may even be a surprise factor that's going to transmorph into something that we can't even foresee. So stay tuned for future releases. We'll announce on our Insta about those as well. Finally, for this episode, I'll just say that my own understanding of what we discussed when we recorded this has come so far uh, since we recorded. Like, for example, at the end of this recording, I'm quite confident I speak pretty blatant or casually about Scott's instinctive stacking uh, towards the end of the episode. And we've since come to see that I was incorrect on that. We were incorrect on that. Um... Scott very generously calls me an expert, but I myself am still very much a student of the Enneagram, and I'm just beginning to find adequate concepts and language and images to relate these mysteries. Um, so all this to say, we hope you enjoy the episode, and we hope you're drawn into being less certain, more curious about the Enneagram. <laughs>
Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott, and today we're back in the house, a house, with Daniel Kais. Hey, everyone. Here he is. Enneagram. Uh, but we took a year break from the Enneagram, and now we're back to the Enneagram. Uh, no Mace. Mace is pursuing other things not related Great, to the Enneagram. Greater things. Far more <laughs> accurate and real <laughs> and substantial things. As Mace would say, other modalities. Yes. Uh, other, other ways of approaching the mind and the soul and all those cool and interesting things. And I, and, and I do think it is asking too much for most human brains to be working on a master's degree and deep diving the Enneagram. It's like, probably. So this is, this is good for all of us. Cause I, I am not getting a master's degree right now and I do enjoy talking about the Enneagram. And so we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, uh, so I think a fun way to start the conversation would be, we did our recording. You've listened back to it. Yes. You're, you're sort of now in the no small thing flow. I'm in the flow. Whatever. I'm in the circuit. Herky jerky every five episodes, but, mm-hmm. um, did it feel good to be to do the episode? Yeah, it felt really good. Yeah. I mean, at some point we'll have language for talking about all the ego stuff that happens when I'm doing a podcast. On the mic. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, but like it was it is cool as a social type to like have words that other people are going to hear. Yes. Um like that's and because it doesn't happen super often in terms of like this format of a podcast, at least not. I, f- I feel like three months into this, it'll be a lot lower key. But like to be really transparent, there is a lot of hype inside of my personality system around like, oh, my gosh, I get to be on a podcast and I have all this information I've been gathering and now I get to share it with people like yep. there is some hype and tension around that. So it was like. And often, like, you know, this this is maybe the... I, I was on uh, Byron and Freddie's podcast. I've been on No Small Thing that? before. That was uh, last summer, What did you talk about? Talked about the Enneagram and ancient oh. Greek archetypes. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's barefoot to Emmaus, if anyone wants to look it up. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I listened back, and it was, like, far less cringe than I thought mm-hmm. it was going to mm-hmm. be. Because, you know, like, when you have all this investment in something... Uh, there's a lot of opportunities to be shameful about like, oh, I said that wrong. Or th- and of course, there were lots of things that I listened back and was like, oh, I don't like the way I said that. Um, this makes me look like I'm dumb or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, that, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, no, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I listened back on the drive down here to Seattle because I'm a simp for uh, continuity. And <laughs> um, so I'm excited to be back. That's so good. I mean, I think that was part of my fun journey with No Small Thing. I mean, everybody, if you're new to No Small Thing or if you found us through a different route, we've been doing this podcast for four years. The theme is helping people live a less certain, more curious life. We've been using the Enneagram as a tool to do that. And so now I'm going to reflect on the early days of No Small Thing. When I started recording, I had listened back and I was so surprised to to think I like what I'm hearing. It was a nice thing. I was like, I liked... The tone, I liked the vibe. I, I, it's like, like I agreed with everything I was saying or something like that. But I generally was like, this is a pleasant person to listen to. It's like mm. I liked myself, which is a nice thing. I wasn't obsessed with myself. I mean, maybe we all have a little bit of narcissism in this, but it, but it's more of like pleasantly surprised of assuming, crap. If I listen back, this is gonna sound so stupid. But I was like, oh no, I like this. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> kind of uh, maybe a funny like uh, juxtaposition is when I was on Barefoot to Emmaus. I had really, really, really been deep diving archetypes and kind of trying to align certain Greek deities with enneagrammatic 
yeah. archetypes and stuff. And I mean, no one's really talking about that. Um, and so I just had this like huge uh, <laughs> scarcity of, of ears to yes. like to talk to about it. And so I, I like scarcity of ears. As I was as I was listening to it back, there were times when I was like, I've just jumped from like one. I've I've gone through like four big conceptual steps here without any huh. input or feedback from either Freddie <laughs> or Byron. And it was like, Jesus, just like slow down a bit or like take a breath or whatever. Um, yeah, they, they were almost too good listeners. Like th- when I was on there, I was like, Oh, I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going. Oh, <laughs> I'm going. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it takes a little bit of practice to get into a more comfortable mm-hmm. flow and stuff, but I, f- I felt a lot better. Um, last time what's the archetype that you have for yourself or some of like a bard or a mage or a sage or a scholar or you've been Uh, thinking about you used a word recently shaman a shaman yeah i like the shaman archetype or a bard Mm -hmm. kind of someone who interprets cosmic prophets prophet maybe yeah i mean yeah that means like literally means pro is like before you or outward and then Pimmy means uh, to speak, so you're yeah. really like speaking for something greater. Yeah. Um, which I perhaps, in a way, I could say that I'm a, a prophet of the Enneagram of sorts. When we were talking last, it was like, well, not talking last. When we were talking about the Enneagram and initially before we started doing this, it was like this idea of, uh, you know, in a certain time in an age's past, like somebody like you would just be given free housing and food so that you could. Do your thinking. Yes. And it almost made me think of Moses Sumney, who I apparently, according to any grammar, is a nine-wing one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going out into the wilderness to be silent and create art and just be out there fiddling around and, mm-hmm. you know, tinkering and creating and um, yeah, and then bringing it out into the world. And mm-hmm. there, obviously, societally, there's value in that. But... I think it's so funny how that is actually happening all around us, and we don't notice it. People are still like, "Well, I'm going to go get a job at Amazon," which is val- valid for sure. Well, I don't know Amazon, but you know, um, I live in Seattle, everybody, so that's on my mind. That's but, like most people, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it is people do do that. People do make a living being isolated and thinking, right? Yeah, and I mean that is that is kind of where I see my trajectory going. I'm, I think I mentioned last time I'm going to be a graduate student at UBC um, studying like ancient archetypes and religion and stuff and I mean in, in a sense it's like a, 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 more it's useless information more useless information <laughs> heavy um, quotes heavy quotes and uh, I, th- I feel like if I can get in some sort of a I mean we all know that academia is like partially trash and yeah. gatekeeping they're they're gatekeeping and girl bossing <laughs> over girl over bossing. knowledge but uh <laughs> it, you know in a way it is a way of kind of becoming a, a public artist or public thinker in a way and being sustained by public money to yeah. do what true what sustains my soul so true and yeah. it's beneficial to society i mean if we if the system heavy quotes was working properly it's like we have decided as a society that it's valuable to have experts right and they put all this time into getting a phd and becoming an expert and then we completely don't listen to the experts (laughs) 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 or certain factions of our society i guess but yeah and i mean i I feel like for most people that get to a phd level there's something somewhat masturbatory about it about Mm. like i'm just getting to do this thing that i love and 
I mean, some people really get hyped up about the credentials of, P- of a PhD, and to, like I've got a three fix that would love to have a PhD yeah. after my name, and like more on a deeper level, I, I just would love to ha- like be able to do something to the degree that if you're if you're concerned about something like a PhD, that's the level that you're at. Like, yeah. I, like I, I don't know. I just love to be um, completely ingrained in something. I mean, I'll just say this, like, this isn't, this is not trash talk. This is not trash talk. This is out loud thinking. And so shut the fuck up and stop (laughs) criticizing us, you piece of shit. (laughs) So we, something that is circling around my brain and these episodes and the new era of No Small Thing Enneagram is Big Hormone. And that launched us and sort of almost like shot us out of the sky, like these cannons. <laughs> shot us out of the sky. No small things soaring through the air. Enneagram. And it's like big hormones out there, like sniping us. <laughs> and I'm saying that all very playfully. Um, I, think, I think one of the beefs with big hormones was that like they felt like uh, they, were, they had been invited. And so like they would hate to be characterized like that. It's, yeah. This is all just a metaphor. All the best intentions big hormone had. But... Um, Sometimes I am like, okay, well, what I do appreciate about a PhD or academia, and I do think there's problematic elements sort of gatekeeping, but I just like this idea of like peer-reviewed articles and papers, or there's Mm -hmm. some sort of checks and balances, some, but even that can be a little problematic. And sometimes with a lot of Enneagram teachers, I mean, so I guess we're looking at ourselves too here, there's no credential. You know, like where? So you went to the Enneagram Institute? Like, so what? Like, mm-hmm. is this, who's looking at that? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the credentials, it kind of, because I mean, there is a pretty robust network of credentialing that's out there. There's the E9 or I don't even know what, yeah. they're, what they right. are. But that's what Marissa has, a literal certificate from E9. Sweet. And, yeah. you know, all this stuff. But it, it is kind of like being on the playground and, and being like a kid is like, well, now I'm a doctor of gobbledygook and pine trees or whatever. And it's like, okay, <laughs> great. Um, but like, just be, I mean, this kid could be really into pine trees, but that doesn't mean that they actually know anything about pine trees. Right, 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 um, right. And uh, I think similarly, like, it's kind of a, it's it's a both end because I think that there there could potentially be a better way of of maybe holding people and their knowledge accountable for like making sure they're, saying things that are correct or whatever. And because the Enneagram is is so, well, its current form of being used for personality and the, the way we're using it today is so relatively new, it's, and things move so fast this day, these days, I don't know if, if w- that could happen. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's true. In a good way. Yeah. And, and there is something I think that's good about like some of the most revelatory insights I've received about the Enneagram have just been from people who have just kind of been mulling on it for several years and they pop into a Facebook group with a, an, a thought, a response to a comment or something that just really blows something up and a bunch of new people are like, oh my gosh, wow. look at this thing. So yeah. it's like, yeah, th- there is something really beautifully organic about how the Enneagram is continuing to reveal itself to human minds or whatever. I totally agree, and I was sort of interrogating my own posture of the Enneagram. Like, here we are talking about the Enneagram, and we obviously feel like we have a right to yeah. talk. And that's been from the very beginning. I remember talking at that house on Whidbey with Mace about the Enneagram, and I was like, 
we're just talking. Like we all have a right to process. We always mm-hmm. said like this is supposed to be that you found two people having a conversation at a dinner party in a corner. We have a right to talk about whatever we want to talk right. about. But like it's really interesting because I have an MDiv or sort of Masters of Divinity, and to a certain extent, it's like sure you got the certificate, but some of the things I most love to talk about when it comes to theology, I didn't learn at school. So it's like mm-hmm. love Paul Tillich. This week, I'm going to give a talk in the youth group about liberation theology. Did I ever take a class on liberation theology? Do I have a certificate? Do I have any? No, but I love it, and I've read several liberation theologians, and I'm not an expert, but I am excited to talk about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there it is. And I mean, like, I do think that in some way, credentialing is more about social posturing and, like, like, social type stuff but then also self-presencing stuff because we've kind of decided that if you have certain credentials, you're, you should be paid more. And so yeah. it kind of gets tied into the self-pres like consideration thing. But in terms of like just talking, like shooting the shit at a party or just like playing with ideas, credentials, like the ideas will speak for themselves. The information, the knowledge, the wisdom, whatever it is, will speak for itself yeah. to those who are interested to hear. And so like it's more in that spirit that it's like, yeah, maybe Ian Morgan Cron has all kinds of credentials in this big system that he made for himself, but he's still really just like King Doctor of Trees and Gobbledygook in the <laughs> fantasy land Cron. that he created. Uh, and it's like, well, cool. I'm going to talk about it too, and I think you're wrong. What if we had him on someday? I, what would we even say? I mean... <laughs> You're nine, bro. That's really that's that, that's a beautiful thing to fantasize about. I feel like I feel like we have it in us to, yeah. to make that happen eventually. No, I I do too, absolutely. Um, I but kind of I that would be the elephant in the room. We all don't think you're a four. Yeah, you know. I mean, the thing of it is, like, I feel. Can like we casually address it? Can we say like people don't think you're a four? Yeah, my, my guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would probably we could maybe bring it up that way, mm-hmm. and then I say it more directly but yeah i don't know maybe someday um okay well uh, i have too many thoughts swirling in my head i have this image of you saying looking for ears it's like uh, like a painting or some sort of you know art piece or performance art set or something where daniel is in a in a room surrounded by giant ears and it's like <laughs> the thing you've always wanted and also terrifying at the same time like no, too many years. I know. It, I mean, talk, it is talk, kind of Daniel. Terrifying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're listening. <laughs> like, okay, well then, no, no, I'm gonna go away now. No, no. <laughs> too many years. Okay, everybody. Today's episode is called Instincts and Essence, and so we're gonna deep dive or delve into maybe some thoughts about essence mm-hmm. and instincts. And so, for me, my initial encounter with the concept of essence was in the early days of learning the Enneagram. And here's right on my table, my old dusty torn up, uh, wisdom of the Enneagram, Riso Hudson, the girthiest book of them all. It's the girthiest. So it's must be the most important. A close second is Beatrice, but, uh, Riso Hudson win with the girth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, at the end of every chapter on each type, they have, the emergence of essence mm-hmm. and they probably define essence early on in the book, but I don't, I don't even know what was being said. I always thought we would end our 
early episodes of No Small Thing, like if we were doing a seven episode by reading The Emergence of Essence, and mm. it always sounded so nice. Like when, it, when a seven taps into their essence. It kind of has like a blessing going peace yeah, vibe. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then Instincts, uh, that's been another thing where it's like, as you, as you start your journey with the Enneagram, you're all obsessed with the numbers. And what I've come to see, at least through you and probably Big Hormone and John Lukovich, is like <clears throat> probably instincts are the mo- more important to get figured out before you even start to look at numbers and stuff. Yeah. Well, um, where would you want to start? Do you want well, to start with essence or that, instincts? That, that's a great setup for yeah. like how I've been thinking about this because as I was... Right, so we kind of start with the... You, you get into the Enneagram and you see the symbol and the mm-hmm. nine types around it. You're like, oh, I'm one of these types. Great. Um, and... So a lot of people start with the types, and then maybe if they get deep enough or nerdy enough or whatever, they get to the level of, of instincts. They're like, oh, there's this new thing. And that's kind of the order in which Beatrice, um, who's kind of been a big proponent of, of popularizing, yeah. talking about instincts, yeah. how she approaches it is you've got the types, and then there's subtypes, and there's right. social five, there's sexual so five. So you start with the number. Yeah, and, that, and that's how she, she does it. Yes. And, the, and the, the instincts is like a variation of, okay. of the type. That's that's uh, incorrect. Bad, um, bad Beatrice. Bad Beatrice. <laughs> BB. I, uh, I hope everybody knows we're saying this so playfully. Beatrice is a lovely human. Yes. And and Beatrice can say bad, no small thing too. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> a lovely human that Daniel disagrees with. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I'm slightly more contemptuous than Scott is. Um, <laughs> so not a lovely human. <laughs> well, I mean, I think she's a lovely human in the sense that every human has. Is worthy of care and, and oh, she's like out here spreading false information. So like, I mean, yeah, I, like I I separate my contempt contempt for her from uh, like any of her like personal value. Right, right, right. So right, like, right. I kind of have this like grand overarching thing <clears throat> of like every human is is an incarnation of God. So yeah. that aside, I can shit on people. All not I not want. a huge Beatrice fan though. At the end of the day, no. Although, so I, I asked you if I could borrow her book just right. so that I could familiarize myself with her content. And to be honest, and I said like last last time, I said that when I was listening back to your conversation with her, I was surprised by how much of the overarching stuff about how she approaches the Enneagram I agreed with. Yeah. And as I was reading through her book, it was like she, for all the flack she gets from the maybe more edgy. Uh, corners of the Enneagram community, she does have a fairly balanced understanding of some of the types. Like I started yeah. with type nine huh? and like she's, she's got nine pretty okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's even touching like lightly on some of the impressions that go along with the instinct stuff. It's really more how she organizes it and tries to make sense of it and tries to explain how it works, that it becomes totally skewed. And so I think, I mean, I wonder if she has m- is closer to the truth in her own conception than how most people interpret her work. And oh, what a good clarifying! Yeah, which I don't know. I mean, yeah. she's she's still fucked up on four and fucked up on the sexual <laughs> instincts. So like, it's not great. But I, I I'm I'm sexual types just like intense uh, social intimacy. Just one on one. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we'll get into that. Doesn't have anything to do with actual sex. No, 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 no. I mean, ew. Do you feel the sarcasm in our voice? Okay, so so that's the wrong way to start with it. Yes. So you start with the types and then subtypes. Yes. That's not what it is. So, no, it's 
I'm, I'm kind of, you can envision this as like a three-layered something. You could yeah. think of a three-layered cake. You could think of a three-layered, I was thinking of like the, the crust of the earth and you've got like the plants and grass and soil on top. And then yes. below is a layer of like stony, hard, thick stuff. And then beneath that is like the magma and yeah, just like yeah, the, yeah. the roiling, boiling, yes. amorphous, whatever. So just like in brief, you got personality on top. Then you have the level of instinct out of which personality arises. And then at the very base layer, you have essence. Oh, okay. And okay. S- and so... Okay. So I'm already learning. You're already learning. I am. I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay, okay. <laughs> <I know>. Okay. <laughs> Let's um, all go pause and reflect on that bit yeah. of information. Yeah. <laughs> Rewind. So, okay. Which is so interesting. the magma? Is essence the magma? Essence is the magma. <laughs> okay. Instinct is the the middle layer, and okay. And, okay. and and personality is the stuff on top. So you could be walking through a forest and be like, "Oh, look, I've got some like trees here, and now there's grassland, and now there's there now I'm in a plain, and now there's mm. we got some hills." And you're like, "These are all different places." That's like going through the different types. But underneath, you could have a, a big substratum of just it's all granite, and that's like underneath you got this instinctual layer that it's like it's 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 all a very similar thing. <sighs> And then all of that is a rising up out of essence. Okay, I don't want to derail us too much, but a phrase Mace uses a lot these days is here and now. Like, what's what's in the here and now? Hmm. What is it about me that gets so pumped up about this stuff? Like, while you're talking, I'm getting pumped. I feel like... like this like, is so interesting. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I wonder if it's kind of a seven wing thing mm. on your six fix mm. of like mm. a new like newness newness both, both seven and five in different ways are kind of junkies for newness yeah and um it's I mean, both and there's like some new information there's something clicking into place in me about some new understanding mm-hmm. that i feel like you're a good teacher so like that is whatever it is is making sense to me and there's always also something about watching someone come alive and get excited about the information they're sharing that's also cool yeah so that there's all sorts of like yeah. real instincts actually happening to me right now. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Well, that's a little. Go back to her. Yeah, that's <laughs> get, no, get that's, to that. that's get great. To the magma. Um, <laughs> back to the magma. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of in, uh, let's see. I, I'm kind of lost at this point because I, I did want to like people just like as as we kind of go through this stuff. I'm I'm thinking for the next like I don't know if it's just this episode or the next or maybe three out. We're gonna kind of be exploring this this idea of setting up our type structure because yes. we, we kind of alluded okay. to that last time. Setting and up our type you and I were structure. talking last night about like setting up a playground. And yes. like we have this vision of no small Enneagram and what that can be. And yes. We can have guests on, we can uh, the possibilities are endless. Possibilities are endless. And to kind of have this big open play space we also want to set up our jungle gym and create just like a a nice a nice playground for us to play in Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what we're doing right now and so for this setting up of the playground um just as kind of a it's pe time come on orientation coach daniel uh (laughs) uh, as a table of contents or whatever you can think of that try tripartite love that uh personality then instincts then essence so let's just talk about essence a little bit here we go um we could have a whole conversation later about essence and I don't want to get too lost in it because okay. it's really, really swirly, but basically how I understand essence is, um, like existence itself. Woo. Just, just the, the like existence existing. 
It, it's <laughs> like outside of any stuff that is existing, it's it's the quality of being in existence, um, the, the, <sighs> or the quality of not being not in existence. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 yeah keep going okay. this is good <laughs> so and all of this you know you can use the enneagram to ta- to map out processes and all kinds of stuff but you know the way we're generally playing with with it is kind of the enneagram of a person yeah and some people call that the enneagram of personalities there's the enneagram of passions and enneagram of essence and these are all Generally, the way people interpret this stuff is in terms of, like, the human creature. The human. Right, right. So, like, uh, you could kind of maybe think of this, the, that personality instinct essence thing as kind of like a, a to- total enneagram of psyche. You know, the, the ancient Greek word psuche means um, life, lifeblood, life okay. force. Okay. Also, the mind and the consciousness, the anima, animation, um, spirit, soul. So, you know, I haven't released it yet, but that brings up things that we didn't really get into in terms of energy. Like mm. where does this energy come from? What mm-hmm. is powering our brain? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that sounds like a silly question, but it is sort of mysterious. I know there was answers, but yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, within the, the Enneagram of psyche, um, essence is kind of like John Lukovich. I think, I think this is how he phrased it. He, he calls it consciousness being aware of itself. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know... Um, is it sort of like an I think, therefore I am type of vibe? Well, I think, therefore I am, I think, is more an ego or a personality trying to make sense of essence. Okay. Essence is just the I am. Okay, 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 mm-hmm. okay. Um, and so, you know, we, we see plants which do have a basic consciousness. They're yeah. aware of their surroundings, they're responding to their environments, they're they're making big quotes decisions about how they're going to exist in the world, and that they are kind of in fleshing essence in okay. a way. Um, so this is what I like, the clarity of what you're saying is like, so before, as we're sort of approaching the Enneagram, there it is in a field and we're walking up to it, mm-hmm. the Enneagram, and we're saying, no, 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 don't even start with a human Mm-hmm. There's something bigger and outside even human that's called essence, and everything mm-hmm. is imbued with a little essence. Yes. Yeah, because we're so obsessed with like just pouring the enneagram into a human. Right. Like this is the only space we're thinking about. Right. With this. Okay, that makes sense. And I think that's how Gurdjieff originally started teaching the enneagram. He he taught it as an enneagram of processes, hmm. um, as a way of understanding. You know, it, it has the law of of one or the law of law of unity, which is represented by the circle. And you have the law of three, which is that everything has... Okay, so the law of one is, is that everything, any one thing that you're looking at is in its wholeness one thing. Cool. Look at That's the circle. Bottle of yeah. kombucha, yeah. this microphone. You could also... It, it's like ever-expanding, right? This room we're in is its own single thing. The house <laughs> is its... And it goes all the way out into everything. Everything yeah. is one single yeah. whole circle. And then within that... There's so many things we can talk about because it's like now I want to do an episode on the Enneagram of Full Metal Alchemist. Oh my and god! Like, does that have anything? Yeah, I'm sure. You know? I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I haven't even watched it. <laughs> or the we, Trinity. We got to do it. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of Trinity, the next law is the law of three, and that's that everything has three primary components. You can look right. at an atom, and it's it's right there. Dang. Um, you can look at the Trinity of of d- divinity and how across 
so many cultures, deity and divinity and God is represented as triune. Wow. Um, there's a there's like a, a positive and a negative and a neutral force. Yeah. Um, there's you, there's me, and then there's the us that's created when the two of us are together. Um, Love it. And then the law of seven, which might be confusing for some people because these days we count exclusively, but back in the olden days, used to count and start, like, we would count our seven-day week inclusively. We would count that as an eight-day week because it starts hmm. on Sunday and it ends on Sunday. So ah, that's seven. Okay, that's okay. eight points total. And so when we're looking at the Enneagram, you have that hexad, which really, it has six points. It's one, four, two, eight, five, seven. Yeah. But it goes back to one, and so you count that as seven. That's the law of seven, and that's how everything kind of has... Uh, I'm less clear on the law of seven, but okay. seven is a holy number. Someday we'll be ready for that. Yeah. All this to say, these three laws are kind of laws of just how existence is itself, hmm. um, how reality is. And along with the the symbol itself and how you can map reali- reality onto it, you've got kind of nine overarching archetypal uh, qualities of essence. So like a quality is like you look at something that's blue and it's like the blueness is its quality. Yeah. It's like it's not quite a, th- a separate thing from the thing itself, but it's a quality of the thing. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And so essence has these nine qualities that you can map around that. I'll just go around and say them. So starting with nine and then I'm going to go count uh, clockwise, like so nine and then one, two, whatever. Yeah. So nine is harmony, then integrity, love, value, Depth, insight, truth, freedom, and power back to harmony. And these okay. are so I would love it if you said that again, so we can just get our bearings of saying it's it's really it's really sort of enlightening or refreshing or something to hear you go around the circle and not atti- attach these values to numbers. Mm-hmm. And my brain really needed to make a judge, an adjustment halfway through. Yeah. So now if you do it again, I just I will listen with a new yeah approach. All right, let's do it. Harmony, integrity, love, value, depth, insight, truth, freedom, power, harmony. Ooh, yeah, dang. And that's just part of life. We're not even talking about people right now. No. There's something about the essence of existence and mm-hmm. nature. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and, of course... In trying to describe the indescribable, like, don't get too caught up on the definition of those. I mean, each of those words requires great unpacking to kind of understand what exactly it's yeah. it's getting at. And those are just words to try to ballpark totally. an indescribable Reference quality. Points. Right. Yeah. Um, but all this to say, we as human beings kind of have a sense of essence and are really... are leveling up through the level of instincts, what our personalities are trying to do is to do essence. Ah, uh, woo. Okay. Okay. Clear? <laughs> Ish? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so now take a quick pause. It's, it's like, is the general, is the general vibe that our personalities are actually kind of fucking it up? Like they're trying to do essence. They, whoever yes. that personality is. Yeah. But um, that's where some of the work comes in or something? It's like... Yeah. So... They're trying to draw essence to the surface? 
No, so so essence is a quality of of being of just yeah, just yeah. what it okay, is okay, to okay, be. Okay, okay, okay. And so I'll just everyone everyone in the style of their type kind of experiences essence as the primarily as as yeah. the the essence of their type. Okay, okay, um, okay. So I'm a nine, um, and so I kind of have this sense of what a sensual harmony is like, and my personality is a trying to do essential harmony. Okay. The problem okay. is that because essence is more about existence and just being, doing is antithetical to to the quality of oh. awareness that it requires to experience true essence. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um and and you know, I think probably our, our biggest reference point for essence is pre-birth. You know, yeah. in being oceanic in total oneness. oceanic oneness with yeah. our source. Yeah. Totally. Okay, okay. So, essence seems it's it's like just pure existence or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. And uh, let, let's see if I can find this quote because there's a. No, I, I'm I'm just imagining. I mean, it seems it does seem like a heavy concept that I'm gonna need to keep thinking about it. But like, um, it it, it it's like, I don't know if if it's instincts and personality add a lot of like, um you know, contours or um, richness. I don't know what word I'd want to use. Like, to essence, like building on whatever essence is. Sorry, I was reading. No, that's great. (laughs) You're reading while I'm talking. (laughs) No, I'm just trying to get my bearings around how these all work together, how they're different, like essence, instinct, personality, and Mm -hmm. thinking like it seems as if, um, you know, the blueness or something or the leafness of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in addition to that, there are things that this thing is doing. Yes. <laughs> that, that is somehow like, yeah, it's, it's kind rooted of like, in essence. Yeah. It's all rooted in essence. And it's like, there's irony in that a person maybe a, a, let's say a nine is trying to do essential harmony. And so they are minimizing themselves or trying to, to round off the edges of, of sharp yeah. things. Yeah. They, they under like the ego understands harmony as an absence of dissonance. Whereas right. what true harmony is in, oh. in terms of essence is you think can think of everything in existence as a symphony and everything yeah. is playing their individual note and none of them is needing to lessen their note to let the others be played. It's all just happening yes. all in totality as one and each individually. Yeah. But an ego as, as a person trying to make harmony happen in the world, it's kind of a zero sum game to them. And so they go, I need to either lessen myself or lessen them or cut out the dissonance so that it is all in quote unquote harmony and it all just yeah. works together. Okay. I mean, I guess the way I, I mean, my brain is working it out here. So it's like, I guess the way I'm I'm thinking about it is like <laughs> this seems like a dumb way to think about it, but it's like if your essence is that thing you're like you're trying to achieve, which is like harmony or oceanic oneness or something, and that now I'm thinking about it from a different analogy, but like if that's the boss, whatever, the, the, <laughs> like the, the that's the corporate of? value. Like we're we're now hiring somebody to do this, mm-hmm. and shucks, we hired the personality. Yeah. And the personality is not very good at this. They're sort of incompetent. They're kind of getting the job done. Mm-hmm. But like essence has the purity of the goal. Like mm-hmm. and and the personality is trying to get harmony and gets it every once in a while. But if like you were calling if essence was calling personality into the boardroom or whatever, it was like, 
hey, you know, just your job performance isn't great. Here's how you could improve on getting us that thing we're after. Yeah. <laughs> Does that sound about right? I mean, yeah, except that, you know, they get called into the boardroom and it turns out there is no room and they're just <laughs> imbued with the sense that you need to stop doing everything and just be. Okay. And, and everyone is that a nine or is that all types? I mean, kind of all types. Like, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. We're all like, oh. we're all trying to do it, but really the only way to access it is to be. Because okay. Because you will naturally be it. So, so, okay, okay. So let me process one more time. You're going to read this quote, but like even, even thinking about like what I think we're sort of, even in the intro to John Lukovich's book and maybe some of the things you've said about John, it's like part of his growth has, it's almost like um, self-acceptance in sense of like following your instincts with that phrase we've used in the podcast before, like without judgment, without excuse, like mm. these are my instincts. It's what's telling me to do. And here I go doing it. And mm -hmm. that's what I am. Yeah. You know, so just let the instincts lead the way or instincts. I'm using instincts. Yeah. Let essence lead the way, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I mean, I, essence will become far more clear once we describe, because right. All of us trying to understand essence, even like me reading and, quote unquote, teaching people about it here. Um, we're trying to get at it through our understanding that's filtered through instinct. So like once I kind of el so elucidate filters. what okay, instinct okay. is, it'll I'm help slow. us to better. I'll stop interrupting you. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, interrupting. But if I could play the role of the listener, I'm like, okay, I'm almost, I'm almost understanding, but I've got like a few questions. You yeah. Know, so. Well, uh, I'm going to read this quote and then like, great. I, th I feel like it'll stir up some stuff okay. for you. So he, he writes, essential qualities may sound like mind-blowing, trance-inducing revelations, but the truth is that they're very subtle and natural, easily taken for granted. The ego expects to be impressed by spiritual experience, as it would be akin to an LSD trip or a paradigm-shifting jump into a whole new reality. The experience of these qualities is subtle and gradual, hmm. and we often make contact with a very light impression of them. Hmm. It is a humbling process of waking up to them, of discerning their influence, and to recognize them for what they are instead of attributing them to our mood or circumstances. Taking in a conscious impression of our experience of essence is an important part of feeding our inner life, helping Ooh. us to feed a center in ourselves outside the personality. Yeah, and that also just sounds like... Um spirituality in a way, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's great. And sometimes we don't want the subtle. We want the big, yeah. We want the big LSD trip. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like, that's, that's fine when that happens, but, um, <clears throat> it's kind of like, I feel like meditation is chic these days. I try to meditate. I've had some <clears throat> times when I've, I'm really in a good spot and meditation is really helping me. And right now, uh, I'm in a spot where it's very difficult to maintain that kind of awareness mm. and presence, mm. Um, and I get easily distracted and I'm like, well, what's the next thing I'm going to do once I'm done with meditating? And, and, but the, really the value of meditation is training you to live through every moment, every boring moment of life. And to, I mean, maybe eventually not see it as being boring because there's really infinite depth to every, I mean, essential depth is that there's kind of, um, always a deeper mysterious source out of which everything is mm. arising and right next door at, at, point five essential insight is that every new moment of reality is unfolding differently. And even in the normal thing of going to the same coffee shop or walking down the same road you ever, you always walk down, 
there's always going to be something different and new um, mm. and something worth being exciting about, excited about or whatever. I love that. And I think it's true. I mean, everything does have infinite depth. I mean, I could, I could just look at every little item on this table and go into depth, depth, depth mm-hmm. with everything. And it's really funny too, because I feel like the practice of no small thing or the vibe of no small thing is, and you even said this might stir up something. And it's mm-hmm. like, there is something about keeping everything bubbly and percolating and interesting and bopping around with ideas. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's sort of a joke of either going in one direction, like we would never, but like maybe holding this tension and this balance, at least in my head between what I keep calling like Nashville podcasters, overly happy, overly warm, overly um, professional or something. Um, Smooth, short, sweet, syrupy, cheesy, you know, Ian Cron, Donald Miller, whoever it is. And then on the other hand, you've got these overly serious NPR vibes of like, hello, welcome to no small thing. This union life, maybe. This union life, exactly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The guy always calls me Robert. Thank you, Robert. I'm like, why? Where did you get Robert? (laughs) I don't know what correct him. But yeah, I know. It's like, like, uh, oh, we're so comfortable with the infinite depth that we're so calm. Mm -hmm. And hello. And today we'll be talking about Mm -hmm. the Enneagram in essence. I'm like, I'm like, come on, get the energy going. Yeah. Um, All that to say, I'm like, yeah, getting in touch with the subtle stuff sometimes isn't as. Interesting. Oh, it is. It is interesting, but it's not as uh, immediately fun. Yeah. You know, which I mean, honestly, like, you know, I mean, we're all shitty at getting to in, in uh, essence, but I think there is a certain way that no small things thing of like there is no small thing is um, in a certain way aligned with essence. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, you're looking at snacks. There's. Let's go. Let's go. Right, seriously. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do it right now. Whatever. Whatever it is. <laughs> I said to my therapist today, I was like, this is the one they keep forgetting to do, but I want to do an episode on the difference between cheesy and corny. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that sound so fun? Right, exactly. <laughs> and in a sense, it, you know, it, that's not essence, but it's kind of training the mind and the psyche maybe to appreciate mm-hmm. the boring, what, what seems mundane, mm-hmm. what seems boring or typical. Right. Um, yeah. Gotcha. So okay. Don't, I'm sorry I get us derailed, but like, no, it's that this essence stuff is is complicated. I think mm-hmm. I think it's I, everything is pretty complicated until you start to understand it. So it, it just is going to continue to yeah. be something we have to wrap our minds. Around. Yeah. And I mean, at some point, as I said, like maybe <clears throat> we can get through, like, do a a conversation or in a conversation talk about like how each of the types is connecting with essence or trying to connect, you know, whatever. Um, but for now, just, just kind of a basic understanding that essence is just existence existing. It's consciousness being aware of itself. It's pure existence. It's what happens when you're just present with your experience without trying to adjust it or, or meddle with it or intensify it or minimize it. It's just clear presence with whatever is happening. Gosh. Okay, I'll give one more wonky thought to that in terms of like how Christianity, I think, sort of Mm. derails this. And when I say Christianity, I say traditional Christianity, certain expressions of Christianity. I'm not saying all Christianity, but like, you know, if there's this instant suspicion of essence in certain expressions of Christianity. Because I do think the mystics and stuff don't do this necessarily. But it's like... uh, I, that's one of the trippiest things for me to engage with the world, mm-hmm. Christianity, I guess, and Christians is like, um, 
this fear that if we're not hyper vigilant about our sin and our warped bad mm-hmm. parts, then we're going to be bad. Right. And it's actually this obsession with the essence and the warped bad parts that instantly labeling them as bad mm-hmm. that create dysfunction and yeah. toxicity. It's like we're we're all trying to shove those things into something some sort of like box mm-hmm. and they start to ooze out in these really toxic ways rather than creating a society where we can say let's just be mm-hmm. and who knows maybe at some point somebody will do a bad act right but generally if you just let people be that's not going to lead to murder. I mean, that's like a Christian loves to say. You can't just let people be because it's going to lead to murder. And I'm like, I don't think murder is at the essence of any of these things we're talking about. When you read all those qualities, I don't think, I don't think a human comes out into the world ready to murder at mm-hmm. their essence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, And yeah. that's what we're so focused on. We're obsessed with that. And, and part of the irony is that like in a lot of these, you know, I was fairly evangelical for a while in my upbringing. And like a lot of, it seems what they value in terms of like creating a a big worship vibe or or whatever um, is something essential because like, right. Like a lot of it, like a big worship band, you have all of this like atmosphere setting and social posturing and that's all instinct and, and personality stuff. But if you've been saturated in that for a while and are start to become comfortable and let your defenses come down, because, I mean, let's be real, there are aspects of even the worst strains of Christianity that provide some temporary relief yeah. and rest and acceptance for people if you fit in. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, even, even within something as fucked up as penal substitutionary atonement theory, <laughs> um, there is, if you can kind of, when people are vibing on, like, God's mercy and forgiveness and are really feeling that they are totally accepted in Christ's love or whatever. Right. And vibing and they have their, I mean, maybe they have their hands raised or whatever, but like, and sometimes that can't be performative, but there is a part of that that can be touching on that as essential thing of like, I am just here. I am just totally. being. And it's like, that's, that's what. Why does snow? That, that's what. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's like. I feel like that's what a lot of pastors are like, oh, this is the, this is the pinnacle of what we can provide people. Yeah. It's this kind of like they, that they know that <clears throat> God loves them or whatever. And so then the irony is that so much of the rest of it is anti that. Totally, totally. Yeah, that is the irony. Oh, okay, we can't get too caught up on Christianity. Yeah. Do you want to try to do some instincts? I think so. What time are we at? Oh, we got, we're at 45 minutes. I mean, yeah. we can, as long as you're comfortable, we can go like another 30 minutes or something. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So essence. Let's talk about instinct. So pretty much, essence is this just existential whatever. We are biological creatures that are trying to make our way in the world. Right. So okay. we have these three basic instincts that help us affect that. Yes. So these instincts are self-preservation, sexual, and social, um, and they kind of evolved in that order. Okay. So just to help people understand this. Um, what was the order again? Self-pres. Okay. Sexual. Okay. Social. social. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Social will be last. Because like self-pres is just the basic. I need to live. I need to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can picture like a little amoeba that's going through. Bloop, bloop, bloop. bloop. And it's just <laughs> absorbing stuff yeah. and shitting stuff out. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, pre-sexual life just duplicated itself. Mm-hmm. You just duplicate your DNA, you split into two mm-hmm. new things, and it's just more self-pres. 
um, at a certain point, certain organisms realized that they could get kind of a leg up by combining their DNA together and splitting off. You get more, um, I think you get more like uh, variation and more like evolutionary um, mutation that hmm. allows for like better adaptations. And so um, you started getting organisms that were able to impregnate another organism with their DNA. Got it. Um, and that led, you know, level it up a bazillion times to something like a, a cat or something yeah. or a, a peacock. You okay. get an animal that is... Um, I love these choices. A, par- a part of... Peacock or a, a cat? Peacock. Well, they, those both have big sexual energy. Okay. Um, I never thought of a cat as a big sexual energy. So a cat is more of a self-pressed sexual energy. Okay. And we'll get into stacking. Ooh, I point. like this. I mean, definitely peacock right off the bat comes to mind, like showing off. And, showing off. Yeah. But yeah, so let's go with Peacock for now. Like the whole thing is I want you to be engaged in me and allured by me. And Ah, ah. (laughs) it's a Peacock noise. Yeah, a a Peacock sounds like a little boy calling for help. I can't do it. Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) I'm going to try to find a, no, I'm too lazy. I was like. You gotta go insert find some it. peacock yeah. sounds. <laughs> Everyone, just take a break and YouTube. Go, peacock. go look up some peacock sounds. Um, but yeah, you know, sex, the sexual instinct in like the Beatrice school or whatever is often termed one-on-one, and there's something to that in that, like, what the sexual instinct is trying to do is um, <clears throat> capture the attention and desire of yeah. another. Yeah. But it's not just like you and me. Chit- like this, this is a one-on-one situation, right. and this is a fairly sexual blind yeah. Yeah, yeah. interaction <laughs> we're having, where uh, I'm not trying to get you to want to fuck me. Um, and that's really what the sexual instinct is doing. Yeah. It's like that thing when you look across a bar at someone, and you can tell right. that they're into you, and you're into them, yeah. and you want to do things with them. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, I, like, I feel like m- for most people that, um, like, most <laughs> sexual people, not not sexual types, but people who aren't... You want to play Go Fish? Is that what you mean? Well, no, no. Like, people who aren't Do things with people. asexual, <laughs> you can probably get a sense of your sexual instinct yeah. by thinking back to middle school. And right, just, right, like, right. that crush that you have and you're uh, wanting to get their attention, you're imagining that they are mm-hmm. thinking about you, mm-hmm. and it's, like, all of that stuff. And then more in person, it's, like, it's like creating the chemistry and always showing them a kind of a different side of yourself to get them interested, but not too much, not over explaining yourself because what right. you're trying to do is hook them in and get them to want to, um, whatever the genders and, and body parts are wanting them to penetrate you or wanting to penetrate them. It's this kind of transgression wow. of boundaries, yeah. which kind of culminates. It's kind of, it's like all foreplay to the actual act of sex and the kind of the, the death and resurrection of an orgasm. Woo. Bringing the thoughts. This is good. Yeah. Shoulder shrug. Shoulder shrug. <laughs> Shoulder shrug. I'm sexual blind, so I do my best. But <laughs> Is that how it is, sexual types? <laughs> um, and then you've got social. So yeah. at some point, right, so an alligator or uh, spiders or um, a lot of animals, when they hatch out of their egg, which was birthed out of the sexual stuff, it's right back into self-pres because that animal needs to be ready to eat oh, and defend itself okay. and grow up all on its own. Okay. But at some point, certain animals became complex enough that they needed help 
getting ready to be self-pres in individual. Oh, gosh. And so the parent had to come up with a new instinct that wasn't self-pres, which is more like fight-flight stuff. Right. And it wasn't sexual, like, try to get this to fuck me, because it's like, no, this is your baby. Yeah, right. So what's the third thing? Social. Okay. Just, just, just everything that isn't self-present, everything that isn't sexual. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Okay. Wow. So, so the social instinct was kind of uh, birthed out of mother and child interaction. Huh. Cool. Um, and and if you can imagine, like, even just a, a human now growing up, you know, your first kind of person is your mother. Big yeah. quotes. Um, and then you kind of have like a fathering figure parenting figures you have siblings and it's yeah. all kind of like you're learning how to i mean we can look at object relations and like the mother is the primary template yeah. for how you learn to interact with your friends and your maybe we'll have mason as a guest someday to talk about object relations i would love that i would love that <laughs> a guest <laughs> our guest mace <laughs> um yeah so that's those three instances okay okay and uh and the and, and in and in some ways before we even get to personality these things are also sort of in service to essence. What, how do how do I how, um, how do how do they relate together? So personality is kind of the thing that ties them together. Okay. But so let's 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 see. There's a couple of ways we could do this. At some point, we'll need to talk about instinct stacking. Okay. <laughs> but maybe not yet. Yeah. You, so I get, maybe just to you finish. Can do that if you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Finish the cake so that yeah, we can to, kind of have a, the cake. a cohesive <laughs> okay. understanding. Personality then. Actually, no, let's back up. So okay. the instincts are, are really, you, you know, the self-prez instinct isn't your hunger. Right, right. You're a body, you have hunger. Your self-prez instinct is the drive to satisfy your hunger. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a motivator. Yeah. Um, so the sexual drive is what motivates you to improve yourself in ways that will make you desirable. Mm -hmm. um, and, but these drives, especially as we're, as we're young, are very, very overwhelming. And humans are social animals. Like our survival adaptation, you know, bears have claws and teeth and fur to survive. Yeah. Lots of animals, they have their ways of surviving. Humans' survival strategy is to be in a pack and to take care of one another and to develop technology that helps them to survive. Yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of puny and defenseless. We don't have claws or big teeth. Yeah. But you generally don't find just a naked human out in the woods trying to sort of survive against wolves. They've got a wall around their village. They've got spears. They've right. got a bunch right. of them. And so humans needed to learn how to be together with other humans and right. to, to keep that cohesion. So because if you get kicked out of the tribe, you're toast. The yeah. wolves will get yeah. you yeah. True. instantly. Um, and so personality is an adaptation to the instincts because if you just have the ah. self-pres instinct going crazy, you're not going to be considering oh. the communal food. You're not going to be considering where you're peeing relative right. to other people. So personality is a way of m mediating and mitigating instinctual drives. Okay. And so what would be in your mind, the difference between social instinct and personality? So personality is a pattern. Okay. Personality is a pattern of behavior. So like so the social instinct is how you're going to stay connected with other people, where your belonging is going to be. Yeah. And the personality is how you do that. So I'm a social uh. mind. My pattern of managing my social instinct 
is by trying to be well-liked by people and trying not to make too big of a splash and trying to make sure I'm sensing into what everyone's <clears throat> needs are and what other people are thinking about me so that I can be properly managing all of those things. Um, a social eight is, uh, well, they're, they're trying to sense into their, their, um, their they, like they have this foggy memory, a ghost of what their essential quality was, power, which right. is, which essential power is kind of like, I envision like a big cathedral and just like the powerful spaciousness. Huh. It's like, it's not being strong and having a bunch of, um, like, like, like room. Are you talking about like room? Yeah, it's almost like it's it, it's like a or like you're looking at a big fucking mountain and just being right up close there to something Essence. enormous. Yeah. And it's just like power. It's yeah, like, I got it. This okay, like, uh, yeah. like like vivacity. Yeah. Um, but when the ego is trying to do that, it says, "I'm going to amp myself up. I'm going to make myself really big. I'm going to be really strong." And you're big like, "You're muscle. already big. You're already strong." Yeah, but so like when the main instinctual drive is social. Yeah. And if you're an eight, you're going to try to manage social by doing eightness. So you're <laughs> going to say, like, I'm, we're super connected, and I'm going to make sure that this is all going okay, and I'm going to make sure that, like, these people are connecting in the right way and that I am well-connected. So, like, social eights are some of the most boisterous, obnoxious <laughs> social types because they, they just, like, don't... They're just always pushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so each of, each of the the types of the Enneagram is a different strategy for getting at whatever your dominant instinct is. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I, I had a thought. Oh, some one of the thoughts, uh, so I heard this somewhere, and I don't know if it's describing personality, but I think it was something along the lines of personality is a habit without a context. And mm. so you, I, I almost want to substitute habit with the word pattern, like yeah. uh, pattern without a pattern. context. So if you... Yeah if you started a pattern or a habit as a kid in order to survive and that's something about your personality or your instincts or whatever, and that worked for you, mm -hmm. but you're still doing it in these other contexts. And right. it's like, that's not, that's, you're not in that anymore. You don't have to do that. And, but it's just a habit. Right. And so it's, it, you're doing it in the wrong context. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what personality might be or. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah, yeah. totally. And, 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 the, yeah, the context isn't the same, but because the personality was <clears throat> calibrated to do the certain thing in yeah. that context, it's always kind of dragging the ghost of its <laughs> context with it. And it's like, okay, right. well, now you have to be that problem I had when I was three. Yeah. So that You're my this, dad. this adaptation yeah. I have is appropriate. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm like, on, on the scale of awareness in, in human life, like, uh, I guess in my context, I'm like, 40% awake. Maybe. Maybe. Nobody, I mean, I'm, I'm using a very light scale. I'm, I'm saying, I'm assuming there are, in, in this little scale I'm making, that there are people that are 90% awake. But like, what do you even do to even want to identify these things? As, I mean, as, I, a lot of people don't even want to identify these things. Yeah, I mean. I, mean, I, I, I want to take that back. It, saying, I, I, once I said it, 40% sounds generous. It, I was meaning it to not sound very generous. Mm. I'm like, 40, people are like, this guy thinks he's 40% awake. <laughs> Who the hell does he think he is? I'm like, I have no idea. But I, but I am interested in identifying this stuff, and I do feel like there's a lot of good language to help us identify this stuff. Yeah. Um, I think growing up with, within a spiritual tradition, in yeah. some ways, peaks you at an early age yeah. to, to uncovering some of this stuff. True. Um, 
versus like you know religion can be completely non-spiritual and i think some religions um maybe uh tune people to be less interested in this which yeah. is totally fine there's like it's, it all just is what it is um but yeah I, like in i think some of it you know t- the way we've been talking about this it's kind of like ego is pretty inconsequential to a lot of like essence and to our instincts like these are just things that are happening yeah but ego kind of becomes identified with it and it's like yes. oh i am a social like i am what other people my i am my connectedness if i'm a social type. yes or i am my my ability to survive or i am my desirability and sex sexual attraction okay 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 um and when you start learning about this stuff, one way to like kind of get more into it is to just let that, like your ego is going to identify with shit. Yeah. No matter what that, that's part of the work is just like accepting that. Um, but you can kind of use the, the ego's narcissism to kind of fuel its own undoing in a way in that, like the more you learn about the stuff, the less constellated around your own ego you become because you start seeing how helpless you really are and how much it's just automatic shit. And oh. so eventually, like, I'm, I'm still, I mean, not claiming any, like, special enlightenment or anything. You're 80% awake. What? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm out here at 90. <laughs> Listen, you tens. <laughs> um, no, but, like, as I've, as I've gotten into this stuff, I do see how, like, desperate and pathetic my own ego is. Yeah. And it's, like... Um, and I mean, as I say that, I'm like, wow, good job, me being able to see how pathetic I am, which like is co- ego will continue to keep, take credit for its own self-improvement. But like eventually, ideally, if someone is interested in, in true inner work and tr- true inner freedom, you can start to decouple your sense of identity from your ego and start to live more rootedly in a place of essence. But that's that's decades of work. You know, it's coming up for me, and I don't even know if this is helpful to bring up if somebody hasn't seen it, but, like, everybody go watch Midnight Gospel. But, like, Ooh. it brings up that episode where that that guy keeps dying and being mm-hmm. rebirthed. Yeah. And you see <clears throat> these two, like, entities sort of compassionately watching him come back and his sort of core or their, I don't know I gender this person is, but, like, their core wound, and it's like, uh, it's that little barking dog yeah, heart thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's like it, it's like um, you you keep doing it over and over again, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to soften up. You're gonna have to like not have all this striving, yeah, and tension, and you're just gonna have to let go. And 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 the person I think about this a lot because I'm like, am I doing this? And I probably mostly am. I'm like repeating the same thing over and over again. I'm getting mutilated, killed, destroyed, mm-hmm. murdered. And as the upper side progresses, you see this person become more and more and like grieving for yeah. the cycle that they're in and just yeah. how shitty their existence yeah. is and desiring something deeper. And I think like, you know, a lot of people will live their life <laughs> in their ego, in their instincts. Um, yeah, just like trying to live out instinctual agendas their whole life. And that's beautiful. There's lots of beautiful lives. Most beautiful lives have probably been lived doing that. And I think what the Enneagram offers in terms of like a deeper way to live is a way to, to reckon with that stuff yeah. and potentially become free from it. I um, should try to end this episode with that song from that episode. Oh, like yeah. Pissing in my mouth. Or yeah. <laughs> I forget how the song goes. You should find it. That character has a, an enlightening moment where they can start singing and uh, it's just an absolutely outrageous song. So oh it might be gosh. kind of fun to end with that. Yeah.
Yeah, you should. You should <laughs> look for it. And my dumb dog upstairs. Um, well, I mean, maybe winding down. Mm-hmm. So I wonder about my own instincts. And everybody, Daniel and I hosted a like fundraiser for affirming youth ministries last night. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm wondering about my own instincts and maybe mm-hmm. even yours as we're approaching. So in theory, I think I'm still holding my instincts and typing a little looser, but like in theory, nine wing eight social self prez mm-hmm. for me, uh, people are arriving. So, so as I'm, as I am thinking about this event, I'm, I'm showing up and I, and to a certain extent, this is what I like about No Small Thing, and this is like what I like about my life, is I want to make work and life pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, yes, I'm having this fundraiser. Yes, it's heavy quotes work, but I'm going to have nice food and drinks here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to be all at mm-hmm. peace and ease. I'm going to get my clips set up. And then people are showing up. And as people are showing up, my I've got like a bajillion highly tuned instincts that have been cultivated over the years of like making sure people are greeted at the door, making sure nobody is mm-hmm. like not getting talked to making sure everybody has their drinks fluttering around the space, making sure not only am I introducing myself, but introducing other people to other people, like really feeling out the vibe. Mm-hmm. And this was the, this is the crazy thing about like, if I'm thinking self pres and social are sort of interacting together, I really also am very in tune with my own Comfort. I'm like, yeah. I'm having fun too. Like, I mm-hmm. want to have fun too. I'm like, I'm not just in service to this event. I'm, yeah. I have a drink. I have been fed. I am vibing. I'm also enjoying these people. Right. Um. So that I don't know. Like, I just, I just got really practical all of a sudden with the way these instincts and essence works. Yeah. Like, what's going on there? Like, what do you notice? So I notice. Um, even like what, what you observed cause you were there watching me. I'm like, not like just sitting in the corner taking notes, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So I see, it's funny, like this stuff gets so subtle that it can be difficult <clears throat> to kind of really see what like attribute actions or behaviors to totally. a certain instinct. Totally. Um, and so like, I don't know, hearing you talk about like my, you got your food first and the stuff or whatever. Um, I could see some people saying like, oh, so that makes you sound like a self-pres type. Right. Um, but knowing you, y- your attention gravitates towards people. And that kind of feels like where the most alarm bells tend to go off <laughs> is in terms of like the people of it. Yeah. Um, and so setting yourself up in a self-pres way is really a way of making sure you're in a good spot to then I think be exactly on right. your people game. Like when you and I used to do retreats, it's like, I want to get there like 10 hours before any kids because mm-hmm. I want to, I got to get, make sure I am ready to go. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, part of, there's an eight thing about like, um, pr- kind of practicality. Yeah. Um, And nine wing eight, especially nine is kind of comfort, harmony. um, It's a positive type. So you're kind of wanting to create this kind of all cohesive social event for people. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're not doing it in a nine wing one. Like it's not you're intentional with it, but nine wing one, I'm far more structured with it. And I'm I'm getting very... uh, worked up around making sure it's all kind of <laughs> Yeah, you used to do that to me in at the church. You'd be like, what how does this how do these songs tie in with the talk? And I'd be like, 
I don't know. I just do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I definitely see. And I mean, you you really are just like this social type, bopping around, talking yeah. with this person, talking with that person. There is kind of a your six wing seven fix also comes into hmm. play there. I hmm. think in terms of like six is kind of like a grid or a map or a network. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. Like, you're kind of bopping around, making sure it's all connected and yeah. interwoven, but not becoming overly preoccupied with that in a six-ish way. Hmm. It's, you you do have the spaciousness to hold it all in a nine space without it feeling overwhelming or, hmm. um, I mean, yeah, maybe you get overwhelmed, but it's, yeah. it kind of feels like overall you're you're kind of holding all of it. Yeah, and I wonder if there's something for both of us just kind of returning to essence about like a worship moment hmm. where you 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 and I both vibe with that, I think, of like, we are heading to this moment where mm-hmm. we're all going to be hearing our voices mm-hmm. and especially having done like worship music with you online for over two years now. It's like, yeah, you only get so far with that. Right. Like last night hearing organic voices singing in harmony together. There's something for me that sounds so magical about that. I'm like, mm-hmm. this was the whole point. It was all to get us here. Yes. You know, and I could sense some people crying and you're like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drink your tears. Drink your eyes. Those are the ones. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that kind of like, yeah, it's that, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful little vignette of social line. It's yeah. like people all together, all voices mm-hmm. as a symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that shit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you kind of posited as social self-pres nine wing eight for you. And so (sighs) just as contrast, I'm social self-pres nine wing one. Right, right, Um, right. And, uh, oh, and I did just want to like, because we didn't explicitly talk about stackings and we can probably get deeper into it next time. But like, you know, if, if you don't, so... You can get a little in stackings. Why don't you just go ahead? A little little, little, little final treat, a little dessert. Little little final treat, and we'll (laughs) maybe wrap back around to it next time. But so, yeah, so basically, you can kind of play with instincts, learn about instincts, work on your own, notice your own instincts. Um, Apart from Enneagram, it's kind of its own... um, Right. Like, these are just our biological drives. Yeah. Um, and, And paying more attention to them and the ways that you, like almost everyone's holding on too tight. Yeah. And so just noticing where you're holding on too tight and how that's fucking you up is going to be great for your yourself um, and probably for the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, furthermore in that, you know, we all have a dominant instinct that are, it's kind of like the, the narrative becomes if I can meet the needs of this instinct, I'm going to experience my essential Right, right, right. So if I can, for us, it's if I can do social the best way how it should be, um, I I will experience harmony. Yeah. Um, And so yeah, so each each type and instinct, dominant instinct, is a variation of that. But we all, every person has all three instincts. And so the way it works is you have a you have a dominant instinct, and then a secondary instinct, which is kind of supplementing it. Right. And so you there's that that creates these six. Instinct stackings, um, self-pres social, social self-pres. Um, social self-pres, wait. You have all memorized really quick? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so uh, you, you kind of go by the dominant. So you have self-pres social, self-pres sexual, social self-pres, social sexual, sexual self-pres, sexual social. Okay. Um, and the third one is going to be your blind spot. Right. And that kind of all plays in in that we unconsciously think that our last instinct that's in our blind spot is going to jeopardize 
are dominant. Yes. Oh my gosh, that that hits hard. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing. One of my one of my deepest dreams slash nightmares my entire life. Hmm. Well, I've been married twenty years. Is I accidentally have a sex dream in my dream, and then the rest of the dream is like, holy shit, I cheated on my wife. I'm so freaked out, so freaked out. I wake up being like, I didn't do it. Oh my gosh, I didn't do it. Oh my gosh, I thought I cheated on my wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you can't control. I also want to justify myself now. I can't control having sex (laughs) in my dreams, everybody. I I didn't do it. I didn't. It wasn't real. (laughs) Yeah, and a great example of the social instinct being afraid that if it's if the sexual instinct gets too out of hand, it'll jeopardize its social connection to this this primary person in your life. Exactly. And I guess I just, I guess maybe for rebranding the Enneagram for us, it's like we we went so hard on that one-on-one concept, which is why right. I was like, oh, no, I'm an intense sexual five. Right. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I look back to middle school, like you brought that up and it invokes so many things to me because like I didn't have my first kiss till I was 17. Mm. And I had girlfriends but I was always surprised and still into this day that anybody would want more than like friendship. Like right. I had friends who would be making out in the hallways in middle school, like straight up mm-hmm. making out against the locker. And I was like, how is this happening? That's, that's probably a, a, so you can think of the second instinct yeah. as like a playground area. Yeah. So that's, that could be a sexual middle sure, um, or a sexual type. But I'm like, I could never, there would be too much thinking about who's watching me. I, I, I still can't get my head around how my friends were making out in the hallways. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also just like, I, I, I guess I, there were always, always coming up to, I was hitting, hitting a wall where I was like always confused that somebody would want more. <laughs> we can just tell really funny stories. I, I, here's, here's just for fun. I mean, this is the dessert time. We're, we're like winding down. Everybody, if you're still listening, we're winding down. Here's your, here's your yummy Scott <laughs> the, sexual dessert. This is. This is. Because this, to me, this would be the perfect example, I think, of a sexual blind. So I, I go out to my cousin's house with my friend and Ross. I, I don't, all, all these people, they talk, they don't care. Everybody's old and married now. But it's like, so I'm probably like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's so funny to think too, is like, how did we ever get anywhere without cell phones or anything? Cause I'm like way out in the farm country of like Eastern Washington. <laughs> and I, I'm so oblivious, so oblivious, like all the way oblivious, all the way. I mean, so it's like, we go to my cousin's friend's house. Mm-hmm. So it's my cousin who's a girl, my age and her girlfriend, her friend, who's a girl and got my friend Ross. And we're like, we're going to hang out. Mm-hmm. This is my cousin. And no adults are really around. It's just this house. And I'm like, okay, we're probably going to like watch a movie and go to bed. I don't know. Literally just like we're hanging out. And I'm like, oh, let's go out and sleep under the stars. I'm like, oh. And I'm like super Christian too. So I'm like, oh, yeah, the girls will be over there and the guys will be over here. And I'm like, uh, no, uh, we're all just going to sleep on this blanket. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm still so oblivious. And eventually it's like, okay, well, Ross and my cousin are going to, sleep over here oh ross doesn't listen to this but it's just funny i'm saying his name and then me and this other girl are gonna sleep over here and i'm like what i'm like why like why are we doing it this way and it really just turns into eventually like well good night i'm like good night (laughs) and this girl like is like now laying on me and like doing all the stuff of like licking my ear like like putting her hand up under my shirt and i'm just like let's just look at the stars. I just kept saying like, let's just look at the stars. Uh, and part of me goes back in time because I'm also a person that enjoys sex. Mm-hmm. But in terms of these instincts, 
I really was like not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not prepared. Right. <laughs> I was like, this was not what I had in the cards. And I'm just not going to let myself spontaneously start making out with this random girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I look back, I'm like, dang, I really had an opportunity there. What was I doing? <laughs> but it really was like, oh no, so many other instincts are coming up to cover up this thing that's happening here that I can very easily not indulge in this. I was right. like, oh no, no. Which no. is, which, right, that's like, that's a hilarious <laughs> example of like how delusional these instincts are when we become egoically identified yeah. with them. Because it's like, this person is literally has their lips on your ear, mm-hmm. all in your skin, and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, if I am too sexual, they won't want to be my friend anymore. Probably, probably. <laughs> and also, like, I just couldn't get my head around again. Like, I think my cousin and Ross were over here making out. And I, I was like, I kept, like, I didn't want to look up because I didn't want to see what was going on on the other end of the blanket, but I was kind of like, are you, what is going on over there? And they're like, just enjoy yourself, you know? And I was like, what? <laughs> How are we all just out on this blanket? (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Oh, man. Hopefully, this is a nice wind down. Funny. Yeah, that was was really funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, you know, self press is kind of like an instruction manual. Yeah. And so it's like, you're, you're obviously here to, like, connect with people and have a good time, but it's like, oh, wait, this is not flipping through the thing where does the it's this isn't in the what are we doing here totally totally Um, and it's it's this funny way that social self-pres kind of foils itself sometimes dang um what is foiled i was foiled you were foiled (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's funny all right i mean do you want to have any closing thoughts the bard Um, the bard i'm i'm no i i feel like the sage I'm, I, it's funny because I feel like we've said a lot and I'm also like, what has even been said? No, this, I know. That's time. what hap- That's how it ended last time. We're like, oh no, we wandered around. At least yeah. you had, I feel like you had some notes. and Yeah. No, this, this felt really good. I feel like getting Essence on the page and, and talking about instincts a little was great. Um, and I feel like next time we'll keep maybe talking about instincts a bit. Because, I don't know, coming in, before I started driving down, I literally was like, okay, this this is just going to be all about instincts. And Essence was, kind of took us by surprise. <laughs> yeah. as something that was, I think, really important to, yeah. to play with. Um, so yeah, I think talking about instincts and then how instincts starts playing into types and we're kind of working our way up through that, that layer cake. That's good. Um, so, I mean, I guess maybe a recommendation would be to probably check out the instinctual drives by John Lukovich. Yeah, and okay, so and I, it's funny. Last time I like shout out like by John's book without even saying what the book was. Oh right. So everyone, listen. This is just like my pitch for this book. It's got this beautiful cover uh, with colorful painting that John painted himself. He's a very talented painter um, and artist, and uh, it's called the Instinctual Drives and the Enneagram by John Lukovich. It is available at Barnes and Noble and on Amazon bookstore and probably at some other spots too. Um, but if you really are kind of that sort of person that wants to take this stuff deeper and is interested um, in like psychology or physiology or personality on kind of this deeper level, um, there really is no better book out there. This is kind of the first big work that's correcting a lot of those bad um, understandings. Um and it's kind of one of those things that is like someday going to be like the wisdom of the Enneagram. That's like a, just a, a staple of, of the literature. So, um, and it's okay. Let me just say it is dense as fuck. Yeah. Um, so many, like a sentence you kind of have to sit and mull with, but I, I've had this book now for like 
since like, and this has been almost a year or something, um, and I still haven't read it all the way through. It's kind of one of those books, but just as something to have and to reference wherever you're at with your work is it's it's amazing. So it's got the Russ Hudson cosine. And it does, it does. Yeah. It's got the Russ Hudson cosine. So that's I cool. mean, he even says it in the intro. It's like this is gonna be the new this is the, one of the newer you know, there's like a there's a lineage, I think, of like an old guard of like Helen mm. Palmer or Richard Rohr or Russ Hudson and now it's like who's the new guard? Mm. And maybe yeah. this is like maybe this is like a, an improvement on the <laughs> I'm not talking trash, but like you know, some people that thought they were the new guard, like Ian Cron, and it's like, no, 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 this <laughs> no, is this no, is no. the new guard. This yeah, is the yeah. actual new guard. Yeah, and it's got a really, really, really hot picture of John on the back. So <laughs> at the very least, buy it for that. The sexual four, the sexual out here. four staring you deep <laughs> into yeah. your soul. <laughs> um, cool. What do you think? What do you think we'll do next time? Yeah, so I think next time we'll maybe talk about stackings a bit more because, like, okay. each stacking itself is its kind of own yeah fun energy. Um, <clears throat> And that can be fun to kind of see that and start identifying like, oh, this person that I know is a self-presocial or a sexual self-pres or whatever. Um, but then I think I think next week or next time we'll really start getting into the personality itself. And like, I mean, we're going to need a reintroduction to all nine types. It sounds like candy. Yeah, it's like I, that That for some reason I'm still trained to have that be the thing I'm most interested in talking no, about. No, it is. I mean, and I think that is... Um, in part, ego yeah. self-investment. It's yeah. like, ooh, talk about me now. Right, right. Because all of this <clears> stuff <throat> is kind of beneath the level of ego. So, you know, yeah. we can we can be interested and talk about it. And there's, yeah, essence is really cool and stuff. But, like, ultimately, it's kind of like, talk about me. Talk about me. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's the early days of listening to the Enneagram. It's like, ooh, I found an episode on fives. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, totally. Look, 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 you know. So, for all of you uh, narcissistic, thirsty, self-thirsty <laughs> Egos out there listening to this, don't worry. We're we're not edging you. We're just really whining and dining you, and we're gonna give you a really nice ego fucking next time when we talk about your yourself. This is so good. I love the idea of like our high school kids listening to this. (laughs) Stay thirsty. All right, uh, I think that's a great way to end. Yeah. Stay thirsty. Stay thirsty, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye.